Good morning and welcome. Welcome to Woolwich Community Church's Sunday service. It's not just an ordinary Sunday. Today is Resurrection Sunday. We are celebrating the resurrected Christ, Jesus, who was raised from the dead. So welcome. Whatever time you're joining us, we really welcome you today. For those of you that tuned in, I hope you enjoyed our Good Friday service and took communion with um, your family, with the Lord. So today, this is going to be a continuation, but we are a people. If you know the Lord, we are a people who have nothing to fear because he has risen. Jesus has risen from the dead. So I'm just going to open up with a word of prayer. So please be prayerful. Please be in faith. Please know that God is real and that he's alive and that he is the one that understands us more than anyone else. So if we could just have a word of prayer. Father, we come to you in the name that is above every name under heaven, the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the one who came, he lived as a man and he showed us that we could be victorious over sin and he even conquered death. And as we join together today with billions around the world that are celebrating Resurrection Sunday, we ask you, Father, for a fresh outpouring, a fresh anointing upon our lives individually, upon our families and upon this world, Lord. We ask for your outpouring to come today. And we are most, most grateful, Lord, and privileged to know what we know and to have you as our Lord. And for all of those that are listening that don't know you as Lord, may today be that day that they receive you as Lord and Saviour of their lives. We bless you, Father, in the name of your Son, Jesus. Amen. Amen. So, the last time I spoke to you and brought the Word of God, I spoke to you about the call of God and he was summoning us. He summoned us as the army of God, as the troops of God. He summoned us to be at our post, to be ready and to be used of his spirit while we are in our homes, while we have time and while he has our attention. And if you're still not doing that, you're not giving God your attention, today is the day that you need to start doing that. You need to go to the scriptures. I went for a walk the other day and I, I was thinking about if people ask me, why do you believe in this God? Why do you believe in Jesus? What is God saying? And I would have many things to answer that. I would, I would just be, you wouldn't be able to shut me up. But I was thinking about a lot of other Christians who don't know an answer. They don't really know what God is saying right now. They're in fear. They're thinking, well, I'm scared. I need to know what my pastor's saying. I need to know uh, what what the ministers are saying on the God channel. And they are, they're, they're grappling everywhere for, for food to, to find out what God is saying. I want to tell you, I think God is saying to you, if you're in that situation, I believe God is saying to you, get to know God for yourself. Get to know him for yourself. Go to the word of God. Go to the physical word of God. If you've got a Bible, touch it, read it, open it. Go to your iPhone, your iPad, whatever means you have. Read the word of God and let God and you just have conversations. I would really encourage you to do that. 
So as the army of God, as the troops of God, we need to be fed, we need to be nourished, we need to be strong and we need to be strengthened. So I wanna share a message today that will give you clear guidelines of how to receive strength, how to receive the engrafted word of God and how to receive directly from Jesus himself by the power of the Holy Spirit so that you can know him for yourself. There are many voices in this world and they seem to be getting louder for some people, but for others, we are putting them in their place. We are cutting them down and we are saying, no more, we do not want to listen to the voices that are louder than our God, because God created us. He knit, um, um, he knit us together in our mother's wombs. He, he understands every single one of us. He can be trusted and I'm not going to leave my life and you shouldn't leave your life over to people or situations that you don't even fully understand. You have to go to God if you want full peace and understanding the times that we are living in. These are times that are already written in the word of God. Every day God has given us to be alive in, he with his own hand has created that day. As you're listening to me now, if, you, if there's a window nearby and you can just look up to the sky, look at the vastness of the sky. The sky is not full up, it's not cramped. There's lots of space in the sky. That's how God views you in his heart. There is space for you. There is room for you, for you and God to commune together, for you and God to get to know each other better, deeper, that God has room for you. So every time you look at the sky, I hope you remember this. When you look up at the sky, you say to yourself, God's world belongs to him and God's heart is so open and wide and fast and his love for me, it's, it goes further than the sky. He's got room for you. And he wants you to understand that you are made in his image and in his likeness. And he has a plan and a purpose for you individually. We all have a purpose, whether you are a parent, whether you're still in education, whether you've got different giftings, you can sing, you can dance. You're, you might be, have aspirations to be a lawyer, uh, to be a doctor, to be a plumber. Uh, you might be a chef, you might be a stay-at-home mum, a stay-at-home dad, and you cook, and uh, your your purpose is to take care of your children and to make them good, decent members of society. You all have a purpose. While you're in your homes right now, you have a God-given purpose to pray over our nation, to pray over the nations of the world, to pray against darkness, to pray against evil plots, to pray against this evil coronavirus, to pray against things that are hindering people, bringing and causing people to just um, be demolished in their thinking about themselves, causing people just to be paralyzed by fear. You have a purpose. Don't let anybody tell you otherwise and don't tell yourself otherwise. We all have purpose. So I wanna to go to some scriptures uh, the first scripture that I'm going to read, I, I, I just believe it is, it's an astonishing scripture and I'll explain to you why. I'm going to read 1 Corinthians 15 and from verses 16 to 23. For if the dead are not raised, then Christ has not been raised either. Verse 17, and if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile. Our faith is futile. If Christ hasn't been raised from the dead, our faith is futile we are still in our sins. If Christ hasn't been raised from the dead, 
it's all futile, it's, it's worthless because we will still be in our sins. Then those also who have fallen asleep in Christ, they're also lost, those that have gone before us and have gone on to eternity. If only for this life we have hope in Christ, we are of all people most to be pitied. Some translation says that we are the most miserable. Verse 20, but Christ has indeed been raised from the dead. The first fruit of those who have fallen asleep. For since death came through a man, the resurrection of the dead comes also through a man. Verse 22, for as in Adam all die, so in Christ all will be made alive. If we live, we have Christ. If we die, we have Christ. If Christ has not been raised from the dead, our religion is vain, but he has been raised from the dead. And there's something that struck me about this scripture, the part that said at the end of verse six, we would still be in our sins. For many of us that have been Christians for a long time, we forget the reality of what it's like to have the weight of the world on your shoulders, not knowing Christ, just having that feeling of, of being lost, not having purpose, not understanding why you're alive, why you're on this earth, grappling with um, the trials and tribulations that we go through in life and the sins that we commit and the sins that have been committed upon our lives. So that by the time we get to adulthood, we don't know whether we're coming or going, some people. Or some people have got quite good lives, but they feel lost inside. There's a vacuum. God made us with that vacuum. He made us with a hole inside of us that only he could fill. We are born again. We are the army of God. We are the children of the light because of Christ's blood that was shed. He shed his blood. And because he shed his blood, our sins have been forgiven. And that is why we have freedom. That is why we have faith. That is why we have peace. That is why we have answer to prayer. That is why we want to get up every day. That is why we have purpose. That is why we have a hope, a hope that no one can take from us. A lot of the New Testament was written by the Apostle Paul. He wrote most of it in a prison cell. He was put in chains. And he wrote it from a cell. But if you didn't know that, you'd think he was the most freest man that you've ever met or ever met through the Bible. So it doesn't matter that you're in your home. It doesn't matter that you can't go out to be entertained at the cinema or, or go down to um, the local restaurant. It doesn't matter right now. What matters is that you know that God has given you a good life and he's given you a hope in the resurrection of his son, Jesus Christ. And wherever you find yourself as you're listening to this message, God is the one that can change your destiny forever. God is the one that has the whole world in his hands and he understands the times that we're living in. Just trust in him. I want to read um, some scriptures from the Gospel of John. John 20. I'm going to read quite a few scriptures today from the Gospel because as I told you last time I was speaking, that is where the power is. The word of God has power to change our eternal destination. It's not about you just becoming a Christian. It's about your eternal destination changing. That you will have a home assured in heaven. That you will have an, a knowing and assurance that God has set you free from sin. That hell will not be your destination, but heaven will be your destination. Yes, that's right. I said hell. Hell is a real place. It says it in the word of God. 
that we can receive Jesus Christ as our Lord and Saviour so that we can be with God throughout eternity and that we will not go to a place called hell that is designed, was made for Satan and his fallen angels, not for mankind. So let us accept the Lord and let us live free. So let's read John 20 and verses 11 to 16. This is the story of after Jesus was raised from the dead, the disciples went to the tomb and they couldn't find him. And this is just after that, when Peter and John was at the tomb and now Mary, she's standing outside the tomb. So verse 11, it says, but Mary was standing outside the tomb weeping. And so as she wept, she stooped and looked into the tomb and she saw two angels in white sitting, one at the head and one at the feet where the body of Jesus had been laying. And they said to her, woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, because they have taken away my Lord and I do not know where they have laid him. When she had said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there. She saw Jesus standing there. How astonished that she must have been. She didn't even know that it was Jesus. Verse 15, Jesus said to her, woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, it's this one word, her name, he said to her, Mary. She turned and said to him in Hebrew, Rabboni, which means teacher. She'd seen the risen Christ, the first person to see him being raised from the dead. She saw him and he said her name, Mary. He was alive. And if you read on a bit more, it goes on to say that she grabbed hold of him and he said, Mary, Mary, I haven't yet descended to my father. You have to let go of me because the process was still happening. The two worlds intermingling. Jesus being transferred from this world to the eternal world, to go before the father, to present his blood to the father. Jesus went and presented his blood to the father. If you read Hebrews chapter nine and chapter 10 and, and you read about the blood of Jesus and how he had to offer up his blood for our sins, that's why we're celebrating Resurrection Sunday. That's why we don't have to be afraid of coronavirus. We don't have to be afraid of death because Jesus has conquered death for us. Please listen to what I'm saying. Please don't forget the reality that you were born and you come from your mother's womb. And one day, whether it's 20 years from now, 30 years from now, two days from now, we will die. And we will give account for our lives. Every single one of us will give an account for our lives, what we have done in this body. And whether you don't believe that or whether you do, it's the truth. If you don't believe that, if you don't believe in God, I wanna to say to you, that's okay because he believes in you. And while you're still breathing, there's still hope. Let this be a time where you open up your heart to the Lord. If you do know the Lord and you've served him faithfully for many years and you're at a situation that you're just feeling on top of the world in the, in the reality of, yes, things are happening. Things are terrible for some people in this world right now. All over the world, people are in fear. People are dying. Members of families are dying all over the world. God wants to be the answer. He wants you to run to him as a refuge. 
He doesn't want you to be terrified because his blood was shed so that you could be free. So let today be a day, whether you're in Christ right now or you don't know Christ, let today be a new day, a fresh day. Say today is the day that you have made, Lord. You created this day for me to be alive in. Not one of us can get into tomorrow before anyone else. Rich, poor, famous, um, whether you are living homeless, whether you have a mansion, whether you have a little tiny home to live in, we are all in the same boat. We are all in the same day. And it's a day that God has created, that God is the creator of life. So we are called as the people of God to be raised up in faith, to rise up in our authority and to use the word of God to make sure that what God wants to happen on this earth is happening, to pray the will of God and to cut down and to take authority over evil in every aspect of our lives. I want to read um, some more of the scriptures from John and I want to go to John chapter 21. And here is more summoning from the Lord for us. Here is where we're gonna get some delicious food every single day of our lives if we want to follow the instructions of the Holy Spirit through the scriptures that I've shared and for the ones that I'm just about to share. I've actually entitled this message, Breakfast with Jesus, and you'll see why. So I'll start from chapter one, sorry, chapter um, 21, verse one of John. Later, Jesus appeared again to the disciples. So I'll just stop there. This is the account of Jesus appearing to the disciples for the third time after he had been raised from the dead. He was the risen Christ and now he was appearing to his disciples for the third time. Later, Jesus appeared again to the disciples beside the Sea of Galilee. This is how it happened. Several of the disciples were there, Simon Peter, Thomas, nicknamed the twin, Nathaniel from Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee and two other disciples. So there's about seven disciples there. Verse three, Simon Peter said, I'm going fishing. This is what he said to the disciples. Well, we'll come too, they said. So they went out in the boat, but they caught nothing all night. So they went fishing. A lot of scholars will say, and theologians will say that this was indicative that You know what? The disciples were just saying they were so dismayed, didn't know really what was happening, the reality that they'd served this man um, and lived with him, done many miracles, and now he'd been killed. They didn't understand the reality of him being raised from the dead and that all what he was telling them through the scriptures when he was alive, before he died, was true. So they're they're in a daze. They, they, They still don't know what's happening. So they're going back to some of their old ways. Verse four, at the dawn, Jesus was standing on the beach, but the disciples couldn't see who it was. He called out, fellows, have you caught any fish? No, they replied. Then he said, throw out your net on the right hand side of the boat and you'll get some. So they did, and they couldn't haul in the net because there were so many fish in it. Verse seven, then the disciples, the the disciple that Jesus loved said to Peter, it's the Lord. When Peter heard this, that it was the Lord, he put on his tunic for he had stripped for work. He jumped into the water and he headed to the shore. The others stayed with the boat and they pulled the loaded net to the shore for they were only about a hundred yards from the shore. 
When they got there, they found breakfast waiting for them, fish cooking over a charcoal fire and some bread. Verse 10, bring some of the fish you've just caught, Jesus said. So Simon Peter, he went aboard and he dragged the net to the shore. There were 153 fish, large fish, and yet the net had not torn. Verse 12, this, when I was reading it this week, it captivated my heart and it, it had me speechless. Verse 12, now this is Jesus speaking. Now, this is what Jesus says, come and have some breakfast. Jesus said, none of the disciples dared to ask, who are you? They knew it was the Lord. Jesus served them the bread and the fish. This was the third time Jesus had appeared to his disciples since he had been raised from the dead. After breakfast, Jesus asked Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, Peter replied, you know I love you. Then feed my lambs, Jesus told him. Why is this instruction for you today? Why is this gonna be food for us? I want to say to you that Jesus is inviting you daily from tomorrow from when you're listening to this the next day the Lord himself is inviting you breakfast is the first meal of the day there's many scriptures that the Lord compels us even in the old testament through the prophets to seek him early and you will find him seek the Lord first seek first the kingdom of God early will I seek you the psalmist would say Jesus is inviting you to breakfast because breakfast is the most nourishing day, uh, food for the day and it will nourish you for the rest of the day. First things first, while you're in your homes, when we get up to have breakfast, we're not going anywhere at the moment. A lot of us, we're working from home. There are some that are working outside of the home, but they still get up and have breakfast and most people do. The Lord is summoning you. The summoning continues. Will you Take me up on my invite, the Lord is saying. Will you come and have breakfast with me every single day? If you read on, you'll see that through that chapter, chapter 21, the reality, if you read that whole chapter, the reality of what the Lord is saying to his disciples, these disciples were absolutely in dismay. I feel that they didn't know whether they were coming or going. Is this real? Isn't it real? They were fearful. Jesus had already appeared to them two times before this, walking through a wall. Imagine it. They were in terror. One of those times, terror. Is, it, is this a ghost? What's happening? They had served Jesus faithfully for the last three years. All their hopes and their dreams had been shattered. They had denied him. Peter had denied him so publicly that we're still talking about it today, how Jesus denied him. But they all denied him. There was only one disciple at his crucifixion and that was John. When I was reading this chapter, I was thinking, look at them, they're in the boat, different characters. Some stayed in the boat and, you know, was hurling in the fish. They, they, they come from different backgrounds. And yet Jesus, he accepts us all where we are, who we are, whatever problems that we are facing, he accepts us fully and he has an answer. And he is giving you an invitation today for the rest of your life. Those words, they just wrap grabbed me in my heart when Jesus said in verse 12 come and have some breakfast he's the provider of food he's the provider of life food that you need now 
more than ever because the times that we are living in, we've never lived in before. It's not a surprise to God. God isn't taken aback. Now that he's got your attention, he's saying to you through his word, come to me, I will feed you. I will feed you. God is compelling us. Come and have breakfast with me, Jesus says. I've prepared it. He prepared the fish. He prepared the bread. He even asked them, bring some of the fish that you've got. Let us commune together. Let's have communion together. Let's have a time together. Come to me, be yourself. Come to Jesus. That's what he's saying. Come to me, be yourself. Breakfast. You're not, most most of us are still in our PJs. We haven't done our hair yet. We might not have even brushed our teeth yet. And Jesus is saying, come, come and have breakfast with me just as you are. And let us commune together. Let us converse because I have food for you daily. This is a daily invitation that will never, ever run out. We can come to him during breakfast time with our unforgiveness, with our bitterness. We can come to him while we're being astounded, while we're being um, just dismayed at what is happening in our fears, in our tremor. We can come to him and have breakfast with him. I love this. And I've done it since he showed me this this week. Waking up in the morning, going before the master and saying, Lord, I'm coming. I'm coming to have breakfast. I want your food. I want the life you can give me. No one else can feed me like you can, Lord. No one else has the answers to my life situations but you. You fed the 5,000 with a few fish and uh, some loaves of bread. And now you're inviting me personally. This is individual. He's inviting you to have breakfast with him every day. And in that time of you going to God to have spiritual breakfast with him, he will give you nourishing food. He will give you life. He will give you solutions. He will give you answers. He will calm you. He will be the loudest voice in your life so that you go out for the rest of the day speaking thinking about him communion with him because of what he shared with you during breakfast i want to just move on to verse um, 15. verse 15 is what happens after breakfast verse 15 it says after breakfast those two words also they got my attention after breakfast jesus then can talk to simon peter about some deeper things. Simon Peter had denied Jesus three times before that cock crew and, and he was just devastated. Jesus had told him, he prophesied and he said, before the cock crows twice, you're, gonna, you're not even gonna uh, say you know me, you're gonna deny me, Peter. When it happened, Peter was devastated, absolutely devastated, just like we are when we deny Christ. When we deny Christ that right to talk through us to others, when we deny Christ that right to heal us, to set us free, We feel devastated, but go back to Jesus. Jesus will always forgive us and always take us back into the fold. Verse 15 says of John 21, after breakfast, Jesus said, after breakfast, after you can just be yourself, go to him, commune with him, have life with him. After breakfast, meaning after you've received your acceptance, your full assurance that you're accepted in the beloved, then the Lord can go on to other things. Then he can go on to heal you, set you free. Then he can go on to pinpoint, oh, remember when that happened, how you felt about it. Remember um, how you're feeling about this situation. After breakfast, after you've spent time with the Lord, the Lord still has more. 
After breakfast, the relationship continues. You and the Lord walking with him throughout the day, walking with him with your children. This, what I'm sharing with you, is for young and old alike. This isn't just for adults or teenagers. This is for children. Let children come as a family, have breakfast with the Lord, spiritual breakfast. If your children are just little toddlers and they're just learning how to talk, include them into communion of the day with the Lord. Let them pray. Do you think the Lord doesn't love to hear the prayers of children? We are all his children. He loves to hear our prayers. I'm saying to you that the Lord has food for you, food in this season of your life. And do you know what this season is? This season is today. None of us, like I've said, can get into tomorrow before anyone else. We are alive today. We are alive today and he has what we need, sustenance for today. He is risen from the dead. Christ is risen from the dead. And it is a beautiful thing to share with you this day that Christ is alive. I'd like to read a couple of more scriptures in connection with the resurrection. Revelation 1 and verse 17 to 18. This is the, um, the Apostle John speaking. He said, when I saw him, I fell at his feet like a dead man. And he placed his right hand on me saying, do not be afraid. So many times the Lord says, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid of wicked men. Don't be afraid of all what's happening today. Don't be afraid of evil because evil is governed by fear. Jesus is full of love and faith. So Jesus said, don't be afraid. I am the first and the last and the living one. I was dead and behold, I am alive forevermore. I have the keys of death and Hades. He's got this sorted, he has us. He's our rear guard. He's the one that takes care of us. He's the one that knows us better than we know ourselves and he knows your situation. He's the Alpha and the Omega. He's the beginning, he's the end and he's the in-between. Proverbs 8 and verse 17, he said, I love them that love me and those that seek me early find me. Again, have breakfast with the Lord. Matthew 6, 33, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these other things will be added. Seek first early the kingdom. Who's the kingdom? The kingdom is righteousness, peace and joy. The kingdom is the king. Seek the king first. Let him be first. The word of God needs to be first place in your life, especially at this time, but every moment we are awake, we are supposed to be living out of the truths that are in the word of God. The word of God is, is holding this whole world together. The word of God is supernatural. It's healing for us. It's freedom for us. It's all that God has given us while we're on the earth. If you want to know more about God, read his word more. So I hope that this message today, this invitation from Jesus is encouraged you. I hope you take him up on this invitation because it is an invite. How many things have you been invited to in your life? Weddings, birthdays, um, parties you've been invited to. You haven't taken up all of those invitations. Don't let this be a time where you choose not to take the Lord up on this invitation. He's inviting you to breakfast every day. Please take him up on this invitation. I just want to um, pray 
But before I do, I just want to give those that are watching right now, if you have never invited Jesus into your heart, today's the day to do that. You can do that by opening your heart, opening your mind up right now to the living God. I'm going to say a prayer. And if you want to receive Jesus into your heart, if you want him to be Lord and Saviour of your life, if you want to repent of your sin and turn away from the life that you're leading and give him your life, if you want to do that, then you can say this prayer and the Lord will take you into his family today, forgive you of your sins and give you a clean slate, a fresh start in life. If you want to do that, say this prayer. Dear Jesus, I give you my heart and my life right now. I believe that you are the son of God and that you died and you paid the price for my sins. You took them on yourself. I believe that you was raised from the dead by the power of the Holy Spirit. Lord, I repent of my evil, my sins, and I ask you, Lord, to cleanse me in your precious blood and to accept me into your family. I believe this in my heart and I'm confessing it with my mouth that Jesus, you are Lord and Saviour of my life. Please make something of my life, Lord. I trust you with it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If you've said that prayer, you are now in the family of God and we can give you a lot more information. If you look at the website below and how you can contact us, please contact us. For the rest of us, I just want to say it has been an honour and a privilege yet again to share the word of life, to live in these times where we can trust God and we can know that we are overcomers, that God has already given us the victory. So I just want to bless you in the name of the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit on this Resurrection Sunday. And I want to again say to you, have breakfast with Jesus and take up his invitation. Bless you. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. You may have been a Christian for a long time, or you may be exploring the possibilities of a relationship with God. Wherever you are in your journey of life, please feel free to contact us at Woolwich Community Church if you would like any further information on today's message. We will be happy to talk with you, pray with you, and help you in any way we can. Please see the information below in our bio on how to get in touch with us. Have a blessed week. And God bless.